Hello, and welcome to Geeking with Cannabis. Geeking Cannabis. Geeking Cannabis. I don't know why I say with, because there's no with. You think I would have learned the name by now. We could geek with cannabis. We're geeking about it. Oh, that's fair. That's very fair. So, we are doing an episode here. Yes, and uh, I am Ben. And I am Lillian. So they tell us. That we have a guest named Amber. Yes, hello. Hello. (laughs) So I thought, because, you know, there's new persons here, we should do like an icebreaker. And I thought the best way was going to be to do introductions with some hot peppers. So we're all, we all have bread, homemade bread. I just baked bread with Lily and it was wonderful. And what were the spices that you put in it? So many. Um, There was garlic, there was allspice, there was cumin, there was uh, curry powder, there was turmeric. It's just kind of like a healing, good, general, tasty bread. Um, And so we have that to try and cut some of the spice while we do the podcast. So um, we're going to just see how this goes. Lillian, open your mouth. Oh, wait, you have to give me the spice, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what we're going to do is when we take this spice, we are going to then say... Spice being an um, herb, not canine the, or K2. <laughs> we're going to say kind of like how it made us feel, what oh, yeah. we got from it, what the flavor was in our mouth, what it burned, what the sensation was, so... Yeah, and this is a Trinidad and Tobago scorpion pepper. It is the world's second hottest pepper. Oh. So, good luck. Here we go. Um. <laughs> Three, two, one. Oh, Whoa. immediately. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Oh. Ooh, it's like I put it only on the tip of my tongue, and it will make its way to my entire mouth, but I'm going to soak it up with some bread. It's like going down my throat. Uh. Oh, this is the worst idea I've ever had. I would agree. And we're back. We died a little bit. We did. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I will never try and do that again. That was not a great idea. But how do you guys feel? I feel like my lips just got Botox. So that's a plus. Right. Free Botox. Yeah. Botox is expensive. How about you, Lillian? How do you feel? It burned my tongue. It (laughs) felt like a needle point. Yeah. Just wait until you poop. It burns twice. I'm not excited for that. I, no, no, don't be. So, Amber, go ahead and introduce yourself. (laughs) Hello, my name is Amber. I'm a nursing student. I go to the University of Akron right now, and I'm going into my senior year. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. you. Oh, that's wonderful. How do, what drew you to nursing? Well, in short, when I was in high school, I had a tumor on my jaw, and it I wasn't scared until I actually got it removed. And the nurse just did a, such a great job at calming me down and reassuring me. So I was like, that's what I want to do. Yes. You really want to you wanna be that kind of like guiding light for for people in the dark. Yeah. yeah. Help, helping people, reassuring them, what, especially when no one else is there. It's so just bare. I love it. Mm-hmm. And life can be shitty, but we need more good people. We really, really do. More good people and more good nurses, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, can you talk about your experience so far um, with... Uh, schooling? Yes, schooling, education. Um, tell us about how do you like the University of Akron? What are you learning right now? I love the University of Akron. I like the distance. I like the campus itself because it's all close together. It's a really great nursing school and a really great engineering school. Um, 
with COVID, it was really hard. We didn't have a lot of clinicals, so we didn't get as much experience. So I got a job at a hospital to get a little bit more experience. Um, Which I hospital? I work at St. Thomas Hospital. I work at the orthopedic center, the Crystal Clinic section. What does that mean? Well, what we do is people like to have surgeries. They want new hips. They like know. to have new surgeries? Yeah, they Gosh. want new body parts, and we give it to them. That is phenomenal. So you just have, like, do you get them from, like, the graveyard? Like, do you just, like, go to, like, <laughs> be like, hey, we need a new hip. Can you dig up Auntie Joe? They're, they're more robotic. Oh. oh, my gosh. That's so cool. So how is the right. robotic uh-huh. technology with, like, anthetic what is synthetic prosthetic, prosthetic yeah, limbs sorry yeah it's new limbs so they're we have them on display it's really cool to see because you'd think that you could never replace a bone with just metal chunks of metal it's, it's really impressive yeah that sounds that sounds really impressive you can go from being hip to hip replacement so quickly nowadays so yeah. i'm glad they have the replacement where they walk right after surgery hours after <laughs> surgery it's amazing that is so what have um what have you seen most recently in the orthopedic section well i can only talk talk about certain things just because of stuff like HIPAA. i don't want to get too involved but we just we just do the surgeries there nothing too exciting but a lot of fun do you have a favorite surgery to do or what do you do you do surgeries I do not do the surgeries myself. I want to get into that because I want to go into plastics later on. And we do have plastic surgery centers. Um, but my favorite surgery would just be the shoulders just because they're the easiest to get up and use the bathroom and stuff. Well, you heard it here first. Head, shoulders, and knees and toes still still applies even after college. So the fingers and toes, have they had technology yet that they're able to fully use them and like have the nerves connected to the brain to be able to have the brain signal to the fingers to move i think there's more research on that i'm not really sure about lots of that because it deals with more physical and occupational therapy and we have a wrist and hand center and that's not at my location okay so that's fair with your education because you're a nursing student have you been exposed to cannabis Cannabis as a healing process, unfortunately not. And I'd really like to see our program be more tolerant of learning about it and educate us more about it. The only thing that we've really learned towards cannabis is that it's important for patients to tell us if they're using it and to not be scared to tell us because of so many drug interactions before anesthesia and stuff. But other than that, it's not very talked about. See, and that's unfortunate because you would think that if uh, it was more talked about, maybe maybe the patients wouldn't feel as um, uh, concerned to, to speak freely with the nurse. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that we're talking about this today because a few of my patients yesterday were medical and recreational users. And I noticed because there are some articles of clothing, like, you know, they have the weed socks, weed yeah. masks now. So... People wear it now often, and I noticed it, and I was very tolerant of it. And a lot of people said, wow, like, you're the only one here with a personality. You're the only one here that, you know, recognizes it and doesn't treat me any differently. And it was really sad to hear that, actually, because I wish that people didn't get looked at or treated differently because they use cannabis. What is your opinion on cannabis? I think cannabis is great, and I'd like to be more educated about it because I know... 
there's so many different ways it can help. Um, I think there's very little negatives to cannabis, so I'd like to see more of it. I'd like more education about it. I'd like it to be decriminalized. Definitely, that's that's like beautiful, and that is kind of like the end game. Um, how how much do you know in regards to like? Have you heard of like the Cannabis Nurses Association of America? Like, because there's a, there's a bunch of like cannabis um, opportunities for opportuni- nurses. Yeah. Nurses. I I have seen that on TikTok. Actually, it seems really, really fun. I sent it to my friends who like to smoke weed, and I'm like, you should get into this. You should do this. Um, you should too. <laughs> you, yeah. Follow your own advice, Miss Nurse. Yeah. Well, different career path for me, but yeah. I. The only thing I really know about it, like medical wise, is I know that it can use be used to treat seizures but other than that i'm not really sure how it's used so you are familiar with cbd yes have you heard the charlotte webb story no i have not charlotte figgy mm-hmm. oh, okay yeah would you like to tell the story or would no, you like ladies to first you're, you're you talk Do it. <laughs> okay so there was this little girl named charlotte that was suffering from seizures and she was having about over a hundred a day right ben and she was really struggling and when she started using cbd products she was actually able to calm her seizures down to just Mm -hmm. a couple a day and it's it doesn't work for everybody but it worked for her and so cbd was well known after that Mm -hmm. and they named it charlotte's web after charlotte which is wonderful because now she has this medicine that was created specifically for her but now helps thousands if not hundreds of thousands of children around the country all the time there's like a waiting list and everything for it it's crazy do you think that cannabis should be made legal for adult use everywhere in america i think it should be legal for adult use but i do think that there's problems where it is legalized with just people the wrong people profiting off of it so i think there should be some more restrictions on it per se but it, it's hard to tell. And you mean more restrictions in the way of who gets the money? Yeah, who gets the money, kind of access. I don't want people to be exploited just because cannabis is legal. And with cannabis becoming legal, I think that the people that are in prison right now that went to prison for cannabis-related charges should be out of prison, as long as it's not related to any other drugs. Preach. Yes, very that. Very much of that. There, there shouldn't be such a heavy sentence that comes along with cannabis when it's a nonviolent crime if it's just if it's just having an herb on you and luckily now in ohio it is um medical so there there we are seeing less of that which is good do you believe that there should be more education for nurses to learn about cannabis because if you knew more about it would you recommend it to patients um i can't really say if i knew more about about it would I recommend it because I need to know more about it to recommend it first but I do think that it should be talked more about because I have been educated through TikTok out of all places about cannabis nurses and that's a career path and there's so many career paths you can do with nursing but yeah definitely more education for so many aspects of it yeah um what can I add so if you are looking for uh, more information I believe Lillian, you interviewed Nurse Erica, didn't you? We all did on 
our podcast well it was actually you took a recording on it for instagram live yeah and i didn't get it recorded as a podcast because i didn't hit record i didn't realize we were doing that first start yourself upright we were just doing an information with her but we are planning on recording a podcast with her and cheryl very cool so um wait and look for that podcast with nurse erica um she runs canna ed and i'm sure you guys will delve deep into it but uh she started as a nurse and now she is a cannabis nurse who travels around the country just educating on uh cannabis and i'm not sure what else she does i'll let her her tell you more about it yeah so what do you want to know about cannabis amber because this is a great time. I mean, a lot of people are probably having the same questions that you are about cannabis. Right. And where, uh, as a nurse, do you feel, like, what questions both as a person and as a nurse do you have? Well, first, in regards to nursing, since you had a podcast or a live episode with a cannabis nurse, I'd like to know more about that field because I just know that it exists. I'd like to know if you know what she does or what she deals with. And you said that she educates if there's any other things that the cannabis nurses do day to day well i can't speak specifically on nurse erica but i can speak on other nurses because of what we learned with csc and nurses are supposed to help administer dosages know what terpenes for that specific patient to use to recommend so when they go to the dispensary their bud tender will be able to pick it out for them and have the right product and caregivers is actually if you're under the age of 18 and you are able to use cannabis with your medical card then you will have a caregiver who will go to the dispensary for you and pick up the cannabis or if you are disabled or unable to go to the dispensary yourself you will also have a caregiver and the nurses are more of just what the patients go to to check in and make sure that the dosages are right it just seems like normal nursing then just administering drugs and making sure everything's in order. But do you know if the cannabis that they administer, if it's gummies, if it's oil, if it's any sort of cannabis? Um, so the different the different methods of administration, I suppose, would vary um, just based on the patient's needs. For example, if I've got a patient that has um, cancer, and we do have... So in the dispensary, there are about... Um, a six or seven hundred mortality patients they're called just people that are going to die mm-hmm. unfortunately might as well let them smoke some weed you know mm-hmm. um, but if I have someone who has lung cancer uh, I don't want to give them um, be like here here's flour go smoke some mm-hmm. go smoke some weed that's going to be that's just like not the right thing so mm-hmm. for them maybe I would recommend like an edible or some way for them to eat it um, mm-hmm. but then again also if they have diabetes, then like edibles are not the way to go, and maybe mm-hmm. a vape or an inhaler is better. But then, what what is the medicinal effect that you're looking for? Because ultimately, cannabis is preventative medicine, and though we find in Western medicine we like to treat the symptoms and ah um, uh, sorry, so far away. Um, even though in Western medicine we like to treat the symptoms, I have a headache. Let me take an Advil. The headache goes away. That's wonderful. But we want to try and continue to maintain health. And I think that's where cannabis really comes in, uh, <laughs> comes in clutch. Get it? Because there's a there's a weed company called Clutch Cannabis Company. I, I don't know. know that. Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's an Ohio joke. It's a if you know, you know, <laughs> still too far away from the mic. Hello. Can you hear me? 
I hope they can. If they can't, it's probably for the best. But no, they need to hear your wisdom, Ben. What, there's there's no wisdom. It's just plants. You eat the things. You smoke the things, and like it's kind inject. of common sense. What you can inject? Yeah. Well, you could inject cannabis with um, patches or with tinctures. You wouldn't inject a tincture, I don't think. You you would just drop that underneath your tongue. You would you injecting wanna... implies using a needle, correct? Yes. Okay, ignore me then. Yeah, intravenous fluids. But how would you? Okay, Miss Miss Amber, how yeah. how do you inject cannabis? How would you inject cannabis if you had to? I honestly don't know. The only way I have seen cannabis being used is oil on the gums in an edible form. Okay, yeah, and those those are two of definitely the most popular ways out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with vaping. Vapes and edibles too, yeah. have just flooded the market because everybody's scared of the, well, as you know, if, um, what are they called, pyrocoles? When you inhale smoke, they're cancer-causing uh, agents. I can't remember what they're... I don't know. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the name. Right, it's not it's not carcinogens, but it's it starts with a P. <laughs> Somebody send us pathogens? a tweet. Pathogens? Not pathogens, those are germs. We don't like germs either. Pathogens are just illness-causing stuff. Illness-causing stuff? You heard it here first. (laughs) So that would be like mold. So if you don't get your bud from the dispensary, then you could have mold on it, and that's why you go to the dispensary. Yeah, Yeah, what would some of the risks be of inhaling mold? Um, (laughs) There's so many to list. Just really bad stuff. Like my grandma did that years ago and she's still she suffering mold? yeah she had it in like her house no she just had it in her house without knowing and she had like a gas leak and all this stuff and she can't she had to worry about covid so much because she's allergic to so much stuff now and she can't get treatment for a lot of stuff because she's so sensitive now we're throwing things sorry the spirits got angry <laughs> Um, no, that's a, that's a really important key that she became sensitive to it, and then like once, um, once actually like inhaling it, it caused it caused a lot of damage. Yeah, but back to talking about cannabis and the ways it's administered, I'm really surprised that they would inject it or they. I understand smoking I don't think it. They do. Yeah, I don't think they would because just I know about the gums and I know about edibles because. I think the mucosal membranes and linings protect it from a little bit, protect it from interacting with other drugs. So I don't know any other ways it could be prescribed. It's just because it interacts with so many other drugs. And that's most of what we do is drug-drug interactions. That's interesting. I wonder if um, we looked up how, uh, which doctors and nurses are use epidiolex and um, seeing kind of what they have written in their research and using it just mm-hmm. because um, they would know they're, they're the ones prescribing it. But yeah, I, do, I think you're right. I don't I don't think there's ever really a time or a place it would need to inject mm-hmm. cannabis. That would be very weird. I, I really don't know how it's used in the hospital setting. I don't know if Ohio is one of the states that does that kind of stuff. And with the age of doctors, some of them like to do what they do they're very particular in my experience so i wonder how swayed they will be by the introduction of using cannabis medicinally in the hospital setting i know that in pennsylvania in their dispensaries you actually have to consult with a nurse 
or a doctor on oh the, that's brilliant on the dis- the site of the dispensary to know exactly what you're getting and the dosage and stuff like that that is freaking wonderful would would you do you like that idea i don't know um nursing is different in every state i know there's a, many states ohio is not one of them where your license can go vary from state to state ohio is strictly ohio um and we have very strict practices too like I'm interested in plastics. I'd have to become a nurse practitioner to administer Botox and stuff like that. And I'd have to do it under a doctor setting, whereas in other states, nurses can do that, be in charge of that, sometimes without a doctor being there. So it's interesting to me in Pennsylvania that they can go to a nurse or a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if... um what those requirements are for the nurse. Um, yeah, any additional certifications or anything? Because I guess that definitely. does seem risky as an Ohio nursing student in my perspective. Yeah, yeah. And it's this is a very unexplored realm. There's not a lot of research into it. So it's like, how, how do you find that research? And how do you... Um, well, they're creating the research, I would suppose. Like, mm-hmm. uh, how much paperwork is involved in administering drugs? Um, when, when you administer the drugs, it's really matching the patient, verifying. They have to verbally verify. You have to have two identifiers, and then you have to scan their armbands, stuff like that, make sure you're giving it to the right patient. But it's the nurse's responsibility to know that the, what the doctor prescribed is accurate. The nurse can't prescribe anything, and they can't change any prescriptions without calling the doctor first. So it's very important legally and just administer wise for the doctor to know how much they should give and interactions for the nurse to check it for the pharmacy to check it there's many checkpoints and honestly sometimes those checkpoints aren't even enough really wow how much um how much education have you received on um on like uh, addiction and opioid crisis type things like because i i'm sure that as an uh, nursing student you do or eventually as a full-time nurse you will have to um, administer uh, strong narcotics how do you what kind of education have you gotten in regards to that and what are your thoughts on that narcotics are something that we deal with all the time and they've gotten a lot stricter with it like if you don't use it or if you have to administer certain narcotics I think you need two people to verify two people to waste it um, just because in the early 2000s, we had lots of problems with, you know, addiction and nurses dealing narcotics too. Interestingly enough, Nurse Jackie was out in, in the early 2000s, and uh, she was a nurse who did that. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's great very to common. Me. I, I was it? actually talking about it last night at work because we're short staffed right now, so the nurses, you know, constantly are running around trying to find help, and they are trying to find someone to waste with them, and then. We got a second, and we all started having a conversation about how common it used to be and how, you know, we're all kind of ignorant, and we think, oh, they're a nurse. They don't do that. But really, it was, it was so common. And we learn a lot about it through school. That's one of the things we learn about the most, just because we prevent it. And the profession, healthcare right now, kind of learned from narcotic use, from addiction, that we were prescribing way too many opioids. So now we're learning non-pharmacological interventions. There's a big focus on that in nursing school, but the problem is in the real life, short staffing and just time management 
we can't really do those interventions. So it's almost kind of, it's not pointless, but there needs to be improvement before we can actually utilize it. Do you think that cannabis can help with opioid use? I think that it can. From what I know about it, I think that it can. That's fair. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, definitely. So like I have a bit of a, had a bit of a habit with uh, not opioids, but other other fun, hard substances. Illicit drugs. Illicit drugs. And like we've said constantly here, we do not recommend illicit substances. Um, Only cannabis and where it's legal and if you have adult or medical use. Correct. Um, and if you're in Portland, congratulations to Portland because they just decriminalized all drugs uh, favoring... Uh, to send people back to rehab, which I think is is important because like you have to, we have to nip this in the bud somehow. Do but, you um, think that people should go to jail when they are arrested for having drugs that are illegal, or they should be sent to rehab centers and actually get help and have money filtered into or funneled into these rehab centers? I can speak on this a little because I did have a psych rotation, and St. Thomas Hospital is uh, addiction help center and a lot of it is part of psych hospital as well and we do see that a lot with psych patients is illicit drug use and what they usually do is they'll do both when they get arrested that's part of their probationary period that's part of their sentence that i've seen at least now a lot of days and i do think that that's right to be arrested as well as going to therapy um arrested i don't know about it really i think it depends on a case-to-case basis i think recovery is the most important aspect of it because if you don't have recovery it's gonna be like a true nurse (laughs) thank you but if you don't have recovery they're gonna keep doing it again so what's the point exactly like so as someone who was arrested um should they be it depends are they selling it are they hurting the Mm -hmm. community because selling it and just having it, if you're someone who suffers from addiction, I feel like, no, you should not be punished for having an addiction. However, yeah. if you're the one who's selling it, well, that's where it gets really complicated. Because, I mean, technically, yes, they should they should be jailed. However, let's, let's be real. The government is the one who's giving them the drugs anyway. So can we just, like, put the government in jail for, like, 20 minutes? Like, mm-hmm. time out <laughs> government, like... Yeah, and honestly, that's what I was going to say. That's probably why they don't recommend getting help for addiction first is because if you can keep arresting them, the government gets more money. The city gets more money from fines and stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then you have a bunch of... um, Then you have a good excuse to gentrify a neighborhood because you have a bunch of um, undesirable addicts wandering around. With cannabis being decriminalized, there are still laws based off of how much you can hold, and that's because they don't want you to be selling it outside of a dispensary. So if all drugs were decriminalized, then would there be laws that make it so if you have some on you, it's maybe like a gram or less, they just take it away from you and send you to a rehab center, or they arrest you if you have more like you will with cannabis i don't know about decriminalizing all drugs i like some aspects of it like i'm really an advocate for being able to do it like i forget what state it's in i think it's utah where they can give you clean needle 
services and reduce risk of infection and that kind of stuff. Ohio does have a needle exchange program available at some police departments and available at uh, certain hospitals as well. So please go get clean needles. Yeah. My, my friend wanted me, she needed birth control injected and she just asked the pharmacy for a needle and they gave her a clean one. They didn't even charge her. So I think that's part of it too. You can just go to the pharmacy and get a clean needle. Yeah. Um, so I think we should base it off of let's check into what Portland just did and see how they treat it because they would, um, they well, they would know they're going through it right now. Mm-hmm. But also for the safe spaces to shoot up and things, I believe there is a space like that um, in San Francisco. They have them throughout Europe and it's mm-hmm. just places where you can go and use drugs and you would have access to nurses um, doctors and addiction uh, treatment options. Should I don't know you? How I feel about that? Like it's good that they have a safe space, but it's just feeding into the addiction. So that's what I thought too at first, because I was like, "Yeah, that's just, well." Then they're just gonna have have junkies flooding. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but no, it's it takes a lot of. Um, so we. Let's start with statistics. We've seen crime go down and drug use go down in Europe, um, which is why San Francisco wanted to try it. Um, I haven't looked at any recent statistics to um, verify how it's doing. Can one of you Google it? Um, But um, I would imagine the same would be there, especially if they have instant access to um, rehabilitation and addiction services. To start the ground running with that is just an insane amount of help, I would I would say. But I also haven't gone through it, so I don't know. Yeah, at first I agreed with Lillian, and I mean, personally, I still kind of have those beliefs. But the reason why I'm, I'm kind of an advocate for it, or I see the light of it, is because I did read, I don't have a source offhand, but I did That's read okay. that it is helping addiction, and where they do have it. So... I, if it's helping, then I'd like for it to continue. I didn't know about any of that, but I think that if it helps people and it helps them maybe get to a space where they're like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore and they want to change it, then I think that should be an option. And I think they need more buildings to support that. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not sure if it houses people or what, but if it gets more people off the streets too, then it's just a win-win-win. Uh, what did, did you find anything? I see you're holding your iPad. Yes. So I didn't find anything specifically about how it has helped with recovery and stuff like that. I mean, I'd have to read further into the document, but I did find that it says the new law will result in a 95% decrease in racial disparities in drug arrests. Wow. Wow. Talk about some social equity. No, that's beautiful. See, and... If we, when we actually do come together and help our communities that we have hurt, then honestly, everybody profits. Everybody is better because of it. We don't, we don't need to ostracize them just because um, they're using whatever drugs. Trust me, they're using those drugs for a reason. They're clearly not the happiest people in the world, although they might seem like it, but they're still they're still from our communities and we don't know what they've gone through and we need to we need to help them like would you let your kid um just rot well that's a really intense question so basically what it's saying is that 
they have effectively end the criminalization of people who use drugs and begin repairing the harm drug law enforcement has caused, particularly in communities of color. So that's really what the hope is. And I would have to look more into it to see if they have actual facilities. Definitely. And where did you get that from? Just so that our listeners can like also also see this and talk to their legislators about drugpolicy.org drugpolicy.org it's from february 1st 2021 drug decriminalization Mm -hmm. in or in oregon officially begins today it's by matt sutton with the decriminalization of drugs and you know the rise of using cannabis and all that it's such a big conversation because you have to consider so many aspects of it and the racial disparities of we've seen with cannabis becoming legal and stuff like this becoming legal it's a really important topic and i think we have to keep that in mind when we talk about making it legal or decriminalizing it and stuff like that and if you're uncomfortable by it, you just need more education because every single person's body is different and it's sad that we don't have enough research information especially because it is a schedule one drug but as far as that kind of stuff goes too i think that the people interested in advocating for what we believe to be the right things here i think that the people that need educated about it are the people that don't go out and seek the resources so that's why i want there to be more education in schools and in college about it and in nursing school and just flat yeah. out everywhere not for the people that in like, general yeah yeah you shouldn't have to go seek it out for yourself i just like it to be common knowledge at some point because i feel like seeking it is 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 never going to be a thing if if you are in the middle of a full-blown relapse or full-blown drug addiction the first thing you're thinking of i guarantee it is not where's the nearest rehab in case this becomes a problem Mm -hmm. especially if it um, and this is not me shitting on doctors Mm -hmm. but especially if you're given a prescription for an opioid you naturally think just because a doctor has gone to med school that they know about what they're giving you which they do but do they know how it's going to affect you not necessarily because you have to pardon to interrupt you but just like you said earlier amber like you don't know all of the effects of all the drugs because of how many there are so like Mm -hmm. these doctors probably know what they do for the most part but i would say that it's hard for them to know every single thing and honestly the doctors they're pretty much behind the scenes in the healthcare process they just are kind of in charge. They're not very patient caring. They're more about medical. That's why nurses, it's centered on around the patient, you, and doctors. It's just flat out medical. That's why there's so many checkpoints. So when doctors prescribe you things, it's kind of like their routine. They consider what you say, your reactions are, what you want and stuff, mm-hmm. and they personalize it for you. But And, you know, they are for you, but not to shit on doctors, but they kind of are just doing their routine they don't know if you if you struggle with addiction they you have to tell your doctor they're just going to prescribe it to you and if they've been doing it for years right they they would not they wouldn't know they wouldn't Mm -hmm. know unless you unless you told them so again that clear communication with both your nurses and your doctors like is so important um and don't be afraid to tell them that you use cannabis because you want to make sure like you were saying amber that cannabis does not interfere with any of your medicine because it is a possibility. Yeah, all of a sudden the anesthesiologist comes in and goes, oh, this guy doesn't use pot. 
let's give him 80 milligrams of zubidipidol. And zubidipidol, if it interacts with cannabis, you're just going to die. Yeah. And that would be tragic. And honestly, healthcare is too expensive to be in the hospital longer than you need to. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Even the okay. Can we talk about cannabis and how expensive it is here in Ohio? We'll talk about it on another episode. On another episode. Okay. And cool. just so you know, what Ben said, he is not a real doctor. So I am not. Not even close. I haven't gone to med school, but like almost, almost there. Maybe next year. Did you make that drug up that you were just talking about? The zip. Yeah. The zipidipidol. Yeah. Yeah, it just sounds good. I, I, it does sound good. I'd like some, please. Right, some zippa-dippa-doll. <laughs> it's going to make it rain men and doll hairs. Yes, and it won't kill you because cannabis does not kill you. This is true. Unless you're allergic to it. Then you could have an allergic reaction. That would be really unfortunate, though. Yeah. Let's not manifest that for our listeners. Nope. Nope. you got to just know your body, so... Mm-hmm. Everybody take care of Medicate safely. Thank you for tuning in on this episode with Amber. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. No problem. Before we sign off, I'd just like to say all the views I expressed are solely my own, and they don't describe the views of my university or my employers. Smart. You hear that? (laughs) Don't fire her because she was here on a show. Yeah, don't come at me. Yeah, First Amendment rights. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.